Welcome, welcome, welcome to I4O. Uh, this is just another two-man show for this week, uh, but I'm joined by none other than Irvin. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Ready to Still nursing that morning coffee and yes. getting ready for some tech news. There's some some interesting stuff that happened this week. Uh, got a, a good bit of articles for us to talk about today, but most of it is just kind of little one-off exciting things. But um to we got some news about amazon some news about bitcoin and some additional information on tesla and qualcomm but to jump straight into the first topic amazon uh has a new strategy for getting discounts on their live market so um this looks really promising and it's Another way that Amazon is kind of blurring the line between brick and mortar stores and online shopping experiences. So from how it looks, it looks like the longer you watch advertisements on Amazon product pages, the lower the price will get. What? And that's pretty interesting. Oh, man. So like, let's say, for example, <laughs> if you just keep you want something and you just keep looking at the uh, Amazon page for that product. You're like, oh, should I get it? Should I not? And you just keep looking day and day and day out. They will detect that. And then it'll just lower that price once you hit like a certain amount of time that you viewed it. So like, oh, crap, mm-hmm. it's it's nice and low now. I can buy it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The thing that's killer about this is it's going to be a patent which means that if Amazon can get this through, then they'll be the only online retailer who can do this. Yeah, just like they had the patent on the uh, one-click buy uh, button Mm -hmm. for a long time. Yeah. I think they still do. Um, For so long, and then it goes open to to the public. Yeah. When you said what at first, I thought you were using your soundboard again. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I was was like, wait a second, threw me off. No, apparently it's something I say a lot. But no, that was not yeah. the soundboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, yeah that, this is crazy. Because I do, for this. Yeah, I do this a lot. <laughs> this is dangerous. What? I do this a lot. Yeah. When I'm Online looking at on Amazon. No, not just looking at a page. It's like if I really want something, I like debating on should I get it or should I not. I look at that page a lot. I pull it up randomly on my phone, my computer. Like, hey, has a price or like I don't know. I just keep reading reviews. I don't know. This is mm-hmm. dangerous. No, it is, but it's it could be good if like if you're on like for example Black Friday. And you see a deal come through and then you're just like, oh, watch an ad and the deal gets even better mm-hmm. unless that doesn't stack. But there, there's kind of minimal details on exactly the technicalities of the discounts. But um, the fact that Amazon is the only one who's going to be able to do this and the fact that um, they have such a huge market control already means that this is going to be another huge step in the forward direction for Amazon in terms of raising value and yeah. bringing in revenue because these guys have been amazing with whole foods being acquired. And now this yeah. patent, they're going to be a, they're going to be something for Walmart to really be careful with. Does it say who covers like the, who's lowering the price? I'm, I'm assuming Amazon themselves are lowering the prices. Like who covers the difference is Amazon hitting that loss just to get that person to buy it. And then the, the retailer is still getting the full price that they initial like the part like the merchant is still getting yeah, I'm, full. That's I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's sure just that. a f- patent filing, so it's not official yet. It hasn't been released, so it's nothing like that. But um, yeah, I'm very Unless curious was- to see if Amazon's willing to eat that cost, that difference, just to mm-hmm. get someone just to buy something. I would guess that it comes out of Amazon's percentage of the sale. Um, mm. Just like their cut of it, just yeah. because they'd rather take a loss and get the sale than not, not take a loss. Yeah. And not, then they can not. also make money on this ad revenue too. Yeah. So, but that's an interesting, interesting news with Amazon and they're, they have not stopped innovating since we've, even since before we've been reporting on them. So, but 
speaking of innovating, uh, Apple is going to be acquiring Shazam. So that's that's very interesting, um, especially with Spotify moving towards a public listing. Um, so it's the, the deal is going to be announced on Monday. Uh, it could be changed, um, but some of these figures put it at around 400 million. Um, so the, of course, according to the article though, the numbers are lower than the 1.02 billion valuation the company had in 2015. So it looks like Shazam itself isn't doing too great. I mean, um, it's been kind of quiet. I mean, Shazam was huge when the initial like smartphones launched. Like the iPhone was like one of the killer apps, right? To get it was so cool. You just pull up the app and it will detect exactly what you were playing. But nowadays, I know the Google Assistant does it um, built right mm-hmm. in. The new Pixel phones automatically do it without having you even do anything. Yeah, um, I'm curious. And then if there's they, also competitor apps like SoundHound yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm curious if they will integrate this. I don't know. Does Siri do music recognition now? If you ask her what's playing, I don't know. I uh, don't use iPhones on a regular basis. I don't know. I don't know. Where's Kyle when you need him? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. If it doesn't, maybe they're planning to integrate with this uh, for Siri. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't see why they bought this. I mean, Google developed their own. And it works just as well as SoundCloud, if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, a, a, well, further in the article, it says that Shazam integrates with other apps like Snapchat and Siri. So maybe when you ask Siri for the music, it just leverages Shazam. Uh, so so now, which, but yeah, if they bought them, they would probably more seamless integration. They could just bake it into uh, Siri. So maybe yeah. this is where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. So um, and then offer you a link to buy it or listen to it on Apple Music. Yeah, I could see that being linked in. It would be cool if they used that dedicated processor in the new iMacs to just have music displaying um, like a music kind of like how the pixels do it on the phones, mm-hmm. but like do it on a monitor or something. That'd be kind of cool, but that's that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but um, this is just the early reporting on it. Um, I'm assuming that we're going to see more news on the exact cost for the purchase on monday and we're going to see later information on like what exactly they're going to be integrating and which i'm assuming it'll be apple music and siri and maybe a couple other services so and it's i also forgot i'm reading this article now that um i sort of knew this but forgot for this article that they also detect tv shows and film um not just Mm. music which is very interesting and advertise what show is this Hmm? yeah and advertisements too like i've seen ads where like hey pull up shazam and we'll give you this special uh it'll pull up this special link that'll do let you do whatever um ads on tv i've seen those i haven't actually used them because i don't use shazam but um yeah i haven't used it in a long time I usually just relied on the incredibly inaccurate Google Assistant for a while, and now the the lock screen on the Pixel 2. But, yeah. Um, interesting stuff. I'm curious to see where this goes, and I'm definitely going to be looking to talk more about this when it develops a little bit further. Yeah, um, sure. But that's not the only news in music. Um, looks like YouTube is going to be launching a new subscription for music in March. So there isn't a whole lot of information about it, um, but it looks like it's going to be kind of a fusion of um, looks almost like a fusion of like YouTube Red and Google Play Music. I think we were, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Yeah, because um, we both but, use both both of those current services uh, right. fairly actively. So uh, we're familiar with the current offering. So I was like, when I saw these headlines, like they're launching a new service, like a third one. No, it's just that they want to rebrand uh, from what this rumors say. They want to rebrand everything under one umbrella is what it sounds like, uh, which Google makes sense. Services. Yeah, obviously need more. <laughs> so I think they should start getting better at consolidating their services because right now they have uh, with one subscription, you get access to YouTube Red, you have access to YouTube Music, you have access to Google Play Music, um, and that's three different sources yeah. of music that you can yeah. play. 
But uh, according to this Bloomberg article, um, the new service is looking like it's going to be helping increase um, the record industry's revenue from YouTube. So um, it looks like they're, they said the people who asked not to be identified discussing private talks look like they're from Warner Music Group. Mm. Um, and they're also in talks with Sony Music and Universal Music and Merlin. So a bunch of independent labels. So nice. it looks like that um, it's going to be just another push to generate revenue inside that market. And yeah. uh, since music is so popular in YouTube itself, I know yeah. dozens, dozens of people who either have YouTube playlists on their own channel who just play music videos they like, or someone has a, a bunch of music videos they throw up during a party or something like that. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. YouTube is for a lot of my friends. It's their main source of music that they uh, listen to. They, they're not willing to pay for another service. They, they are willing to deal with the ads that might pop up, but they just pull up music videos or have playlists during mm-hmm. work or wherever uh, in the background. And that's how they get their music. Um, I was never that that way, but I know a lot of people who are. Um, yeah, especially in the if you look at the younger crowd, for sure, YouTube yeah. is their main source of getting music. And um, the new service, which they're internally referring to it as Remix, would include a. This is this is me reading straight from the article. Would include a Spotify like on demand streaming, and would incorporate elements from YouTube, such as video clips. So YouTube has reached out to artists to seek help in promoting the service. Um, but they need to finish these deals before they can even do this. So that's going to be even talks with Vivo. I'm sure that anybody who's used YouTube for music videos has run yeah. into Vivo at one point or another. So it's and those that Vivo is important to note that it is owned by Universal and Sony. So um, it it looks like it'll be some it looks like there's still a lot of development to go. So yeah, I'm for sure. But where this goes. Also. Yeah. Same. Since we yeah, both lots. use mm-hmm. services, lots of deals. Yeah. Lots and lots of lots of deals. Um, but, uh, to kind of jump a little bit off, um, to another deal, <laughs> Anheuser-Busch has purchased 40 electric Tesla rigs. So that's a that's a pretty penny, especially considering each one of those semis requires a twenty thousand dollar deposit. So that's uh, eight hundred thousand dollars in Tesla's bank account. I'm not sure how much how how many cases of uh, Bud Light that translates to <laughs> for Budweiser, but uh, um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. I've heard a lot of stories and a lot of uh, buzz about this company buying this this many uh, semis. <laughs> There's also a story about Arnold Schwarzenegger getting one. He pre-ordered one. I'm curious. I didn't see that. You didn't see that? No. <laughs> was, I found that hilarious. Yeah, he tweeted the uh, confirmation page for the deposit. He's like, Ooh, look, oh look guys, look what I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> is he even, where is he even going to park that? I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I think he drives an <laughs> a, a Hummer H1 right now in like L.A. That was like the oh, original man. military grade Hummer. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure he has plenty of parking space. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've seen a, a lot of other companies. I saw one. Uh, earlier, um, about the same amount, 40 uh, trucks were ordered. I forget the name of the company. But, yeah, it's been fairly common. And I think trucking com- companies who use a lot of trucks to ship things all over the uh, country um, are very interested in the t- um, uh, in the savings that it, this potentially could uh, offer uh, them. And I, I don't think 40 trucks... Are that much for let's say for Budweiser's entire fleet of trucks because they mm-hmm. ship a lot of beer all over the country yeah. and the world. So I'm pretty sure they have it, it's fairly insignificant those 40 trucks, but it, they're just getting their toes wet at this point. They're very curious and hopefully um, Elon delivers on time. I know he's not the best, no, <laughs> the best for that, but uh, it should enter production in 2019. So once these trucks get delivered, uh, hopefully all these companies that are pre-ordering them now will see um, the 
amount of reduction in the cost that it currently is for trucks to uh, deliver goods to the destination. Yeah. Um, and it looks like multiple companies are kind of doing this trial run of the trucks. Um, so, there's, for example, Walmart pre-ordered 15. Uh, yeah. JB Hunt uh, has multiple trucks. Uh, other companies like Ryder, DHL, and the Canadian chain Loblo have started pre-ordering trucks. And I can't say Loblo without immediately assuming or without immediately thinking of the Arrested Development Bob's Loblaw. <laughs> um, but it's it'll be it looks like like you're saying um, there since Tesla has not necessarily been known for meeting deadlines in the past, um, it makes sense for them to only buy so many and. Mm one see when they get these trucks so that way they can see how well tesla's logistics is going to be and how well their shipping and manufacturing is going to be by the time this is ready also and the charging right the charging, charging is the main key yeah. right that the high speed chargers that they were talking about getting 400 miles in half an hour that's going to be a key to all of this right if they can absolutely build those out throughout the country as well as destinations where the most of these trucks are going um, that's going to be huge. Yeah, they got to see if because these were priced right around the cost of a standard brand. New yeah, everybody truck. when when was like, wait, what? So yeah. the current price is is Tesla has confirmed is around. They haven't said a specific price because of course that could change two years down yeah. the line. But it's going to be around one hundred fifty thousand dollars. And people who are doing the math are saying with the current cost of batteries, that is literally impossible. So mm -hmm. either the rumors are either, well, there's only one. Tesla has made a significant breakthrough in terms of battery costs, and they're extrapolating that to 2019 to say, at that point, we know that we can make the pri the battery price batteries at these prices per watt hour, and that's how we can reach that price tag. If yeah. that's the well, case, that's the whole that's, point of the Gigafactory. Yes, it is. So with the, all this assumptions that the Gigafactory will be in full production, full uh, built out fully to the size that they initially announced, and they can get those prices down, that's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That would be awesome. And especially if they can get, like you're saying, the cost of batteries down. And I'm assuming there's going to be different options, too, so you could tear out the truck. Yeah. and get different internals or different yeah. uh, different battery sizes depending on um, what they can actually get done going forward. But it's exciting yeah. to see that um, there there's some interest behind this truck. And mm -hmm. assuming all these tests go well, um, you might see like Mac and other truck companies scrambling to catch up yeah. with their tech. So I'm wondering if anybody else, like any large U.S. truck maker is going to come out with something. Hess truck as an electric semi or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be very interesting. Just to, just to a funny note, a current max out Model S costs more, more than $150,000. Oh, my God. If you want, if you checked every single option, you got the biggest battery pack, highest performance. It's currently at like $156,000. Oh, my God. Um, so buy a semi it, with that money. Huh? You could buy, buy a semi with Yeah, that you money. could buy a semi with the money. So <laughs> that's a lot of reduction in terms of <clears throat> battery cost. Because currently the, the it, someone did the math. And if they, with the current prices of batteries, I think just the cost of the battery came out to like $130,000, $140,000 get truck. To get to that 500-mile range or even that 400-mile yeah. range, the lower end. Or three hundred. I forget. There's two tiers. Um, oh my god! That that that's how much with the current price of batteries is. Well, here's hoping that they're wrong. I mean, yes. I'm always one for yes. rooting for Elon Musk, but yes, it's uh it's tough at times to root for him just because of how crazy things can get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and how he's like I said, he's 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 fashionably late to release dates. So, but we'll see how it goes. Um, switching over to another Elon Musk company, SpaceX, uh, Boeing CEO tweeted, um, or they had mentioned that they were going to beat Elon Musk to Mars and Elon Musk, uh, has accepted that challenge. So yeah, it looks like he's going to, and, and this is always good to see like 
because I think Elon has been transparent from the beginning that um, he's he's more for pushing the race forward. Yes. Itself than pushing his own financial interests. Like yep. this isn't a race for SpaceX. This is mm-hmm. um, get somebody to Mars by a certain time. And yep. if it comes through free market and competition, then more power to capitalism. But if he does it, then kudos to Elon Musk. He just gets another headline. So, yeah. I mean that this is like, you know, so that the tweet was, yeah, that Boeing CEO says that they'll beat SpaceX to Mars and then uh, Musk replied, do it because um, <laughs> his his. Yeah, like you mentioned, his thing is not to be the best, not to be the first, but to just do that kick someone to actually do it, not just talk about doing getting to Mars. Right. His ultimate goal, the space exploration, the space, the 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 long name for SpaceX, of, if anybody listening didn't know uh, what SpaceX stood for, it's called space exploration. Um, that's their ultimate goal is to get to Mars. But if someone wants to beat them to the punch, Elon's completely fine with that. The more people are putting money and research into it, the better for uh, everyone in, in in his mind. That goes the same for any competitors or quote unquote Tesla killers that are coming out. He's fine. Just he's encouraging people to try to beat Tesla. And he's been very open about that, too. And that same goes for SpaceX. Um, in fact, he's so fine. He opened up all of his patents for Tesla. Yeah. So. He does he making money and being the best car company or the SpaceX uh, rocket company is not his goal. Um, he is shooting towards that being becoming the cheaper uh, option for everybody if they want to launch things into space. But if someone wants to come along and beat him. He's more than happy to let them uh, do that, um, mm-hmm. which is great way to look at things great way to go about it not making everything a huge competition and um i don't yeah. know and yeah. they have um apparently in 2019 uh boeing is going to be launching with nasa a um a 36 story tall rocket and i think the first mission is going to be a slingshot around the moon mm. while in tandem Elon Musk is and SpaceX are going to be overhauling their entire fleet. So they're going to be working on what they're calling an interplanetary transport system, codenamed BFR, Mm -hmm. the big rocket. So they're going to start building them in 2018. And they're confident they can get a human to Mars in five years. So I want to if someone beats them, then that's exciting for me. Yeah. Someone on Mars in our lifetime. That's pretty crazy. Because the generation before us had the moon landing. Yes. And it would, it would hope, hopefully by this, by 50 plus years from that point, humanity would have eventually gotten somebody to a different part of the solar system. Yeah. Because after, or even at least back to the moon. Yeah. Pretty much after the space shuttle program ended, I don't know. I lo- people had been losing, I don't know, interest in space travel or the funding for it, like the, the advancement. What's the next step, right? We yeah. gotten to the moon, but what we never really sent or had to fire of the the encouragement to like go anywhere else. But now Elon mm-hmm. Musk lit uh, the fire under those rockets again. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, and of course it's the the market that's doing it, not any government entity, which yes. is even more interesting. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, NASA doesn't exactly have a whole lot of funding either. So they've been kind of. Yeah, they've been. The funding has been cut significantly. Um, yeah. So it's up to these uh, uh, private companies to do it. Um, yeah. Um, but speaking of things that are untenable to do, um, <laughs> Steam is ending support for Bitcoin officially. So. They had allowed uh, Bitcoin um, to be used in Steam, but um, Valve has no control over the amount of the fee, and because the, yeah. they have, um, they've seen an increase in volatility with the value of Bitcoin, and I think all of us have. If anybody's been keeping an eye on the market, they yeah. just crossed what sixteen, seventeen thousand recently. Just ridiculous. Um, yeah. So. 
uh, transaction fees that are charged by the customer have skyrocketed, topping out at close to a $20 a transaction um, compared to roughly 20 cents when they initially enabled it. So um, since they, since these fees are kind of skyrocketing, they have no control over this and they're, it's costing way too much to buy a game on Steam with Bitcoin. Yeah, because you can't, you can, and also since the, uh, the volatility, uh, the price can change by a significant amount from the time that you press buy to the time that you actually checked out. Um, so that could, yeah, because since Bitcoin has been fluctuating so much, like in one day, I saw a couple of days ago, it went up $1,000 in value in one day. Right. So if you want, if you're buying something on Steam, you press uh, buy now, and then you go to the, by the time you get to the checkout. Of course, there's that high transaction fee that Matt talked about, but the price could have already fluctuated by that time, and you could be paying a lot more for a game. Right, and uh, they they explain why surges like this can have an impact. So. Um, just to quote verbatim from the article, when checking out on Steam, a customer will transfer X amount of money for X amount of Bitcoin for the cost of the game, plus a Y amount of Bitcoin to cover the transaction fee charged by the network itself. This is the Bitcoin network. So the value of Bitcoin is only guaranteed for a certain period of time. So if the transaction doesn't complete within that window of time, then the amount of Bitcoin needed to cover the transaction can change. and um having done a little bit of research on bitcoin that makes complete sense so uh, the amount can change has been increasing recently to a point where it can be significantly different and with um anybody who's had a coinbase account um recently has probably gotten an email notification saying that transactions may take a longer period of time because of the increase of interest in the network and the influx of transactions so um that explains why this is becoming just impossible to track for fees because a 20 cent fee a day ago now is $20. So, and I'm assuming that can only go up, especially now that Bitcoin has since this article increased about $4,000. So, and that this article came out, what, four days ago. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, it's crazy. And it's interesting to see like, yeah, like especially with the steam sales, everyone says like how great steam is. And like how cheap the games are. And if you're going to go buy Rocket League for $20, for example, and then you're going to get hit with another $20 just to handle the transaction, you're not going to you're not going to use Bitcoin. You're going to use you're going to use PayPal or a yeah. credit card. Mm-hmm. So sure. It is what it is. And um, it goes to show just the the volatility, the volatility. I think that's the right way to say it yes. of the network. Volatility. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I think that's, it's just untenable to support them as a payment option until, um, they can figure something out with that or until the market stabilizes a little bit. So eventually the market's either going to settle back down and correct itself or it'll kind of either just keep going up and then just crash. Yeah. <laughs> People have been speculating for the past year on what it could do. So very, very curious on the future of that currency but now we don't have to be curious about what future uh chips our new phones will be running (laughs) uh snapdragon has uh held a a press conference in hawaii i wish we were invited to that that would have been a a fun fun uh conference in hawaii Um, live from hawaii yeah live from hawaii uh i4o um qualcomm (laughs) has detailed the next uh uh, put out the details for the next generation chipset, Snapdragon 845. Uh, so uh, now it's running at a 10 nanometer process. So what that means is that the chips are getting smaller, the transistors are getting slower, uh, um, um, closer together, and that means uh, less power output, more power efficient, um, but also making things faster so it has a new uh, gpu a new andrino 630 gpu that should be about 30 percent faster than the current uh, latest gen snapdragon 835 uh, chip and it should also be about 30 percent more power fish power efficient because of that reduction mm-hmm. in 
uh, the uh, nanometer size, uh, putting those uh, transistors to closer together requires less power to run. Um, it is. This is actually interesting here in the article. Um, they mention some of the uh, Cryo 835 or 385, and um, it the high power cores for that chip. Um, it is offering at 25, 30% than the 835. Um, but this, this information about its capture capabilities is really interesting. So the new ISP will allow capture of HDR at 4K at 60 frames per second in video, which is the first in a smartphone. Well, no. And Oh, HDR. What? Yes. HDR. Yeah. Yeah. Because the so iPhone HDR can do. 4K. Yeah. I can, the iPhone can, I can do regular 4K at 60 frames, mm-hmm. not HDR 4K. And. It also supports, and this is pretty crazy too, 480 frames per second slow motion capture at 720p with HDR. That's insane. So, and a selective motion capture, deep portrait mode, and various depth sensing technologies. So, like, that's yeah. like smartphones are going to be like on par with DSLRs pretty quick, pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty, pretty quickly. If, yeah, this ISP, the, the image processing. Uh, uh, chip um, is going to be also offers greater performance in machine learning and AI, uh, which is interesting. Sort of how a um, uh, computer now, if they want to mine something for or, or use machine learning, or if they want to teach machine learning, they use a GPU. This is sort of that image processing uh, chip that allows the speed up of AI and machine learning applications, which could be huge as well. So you can mm-hmm. do everything on the phone locally. You don't need to send it off to Google or whoever to, to process that request of whatever that might be. Could be. That's nice. And uh, also for this, there's some benefits here in security as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, the article goes on to mention that, uh, it contains a dedicated secure processing unit, which um, exists on what they call a power island on the chipset. So the new chip will be able to execute biometric and key authentication without ever running code on the primary processor, which is really good considering if you're actually if your CPU gets compromised or you get your phone gets hacked, then they still have to get access to this third part or this like secure network on the hardware in order to actually access that biometric information. So that's pretty nice. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good step forward in security. And especially with, um, I wonder if this is going to be similar to kind of Apple's secure enclave that they have um, in a way, or uh, Intel's chips that they've had that run independently on the board. So I'm curious to see how this is going to develop for security. And if we see anything um if we see anything coming out with that in the future, but among that um, there's a five X carrier aggregation, allowing peak speeds of up to 1.2 gigabytes per second. Gigabits. Um, gigabits. Yeah. Per second. So <laughs> quite different than gigabytes per <laughs> yeah. second. But yeah. yes, it's still quite, yeah. quite higher than what uh, you typically get in LTE now. Although these are <laughs> theoretical speeds, so we'll see what the real world will be, but Still, it's yeah. an improvement to what it was previously. Yeah. And for those who travel, it supports dual LTE SIM connectivity, too. So instead yeah. of having one 2G and one 3G, or you can have two LTE SIM cards and run at full speeds on both, depending on where you are. So this, this is an exciting upgrade mm-hmm. for Qualcomm. For sure. A lot of Usually a lot of it's just kind of under the hood improvements and stuff, mm-hmm. but this seems to be like a major overhaul of the architecture. So. Yeah. And uh, during this uh, um, conference in Hawaii, uh, uh, Windows and uh, Qualcomm announced um, that Microsoft will be launching uh, Windows 10 devices with uh, ARM-based processors. And currently that will be running last generator. I mean, you could say that it's the current generation uh, Snapdragon 835 processors uh, that are running in most or if not all flagship smartphones, except for the iPhone, of course. Uh, But um, yeah, so Windows is going to try to 
uh, work with ARM uh, again. So if, if some, you, you might remember, Matt, you might remember too, uh, when Windows 10 initially launched, Microsoft tried this by launching uh, one of their Surface laptops um, to run on a limited version of Windows on ARM chips, Windows mm-hmm. RT. If anybody yep. remembers that, it quickly um, it quickly died off because you couldn't really you could only run apps from the Windows Store, uh, and they had to be pressed specially coded to work on ARM chips. You couldn't run any of your old apps, uh, any any EXEs executables. They would just refuse to run on that ARM chip. But hopefully now they have. Uh, built like an extraction layer where if you want to run the full um, uh, regular Windows apps um, like Photoshop, I've seen videos of of them demonstrating Photoshop running on an ARM processor um, where it uh, emulates uh, that regular uh, Intel chip so that Photoshop can still run natively on an ARM chip, which is fairly impressive without much of a yeah. hit on performance, which is very key. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, another benefit that uh, ARM brings along with it is that they now you can uh, devices can now have always on connectivity. So just like a smartphone, they can be always connected to LTE because they're so power efficient that it won't drain mm-hmm. the battery. Um, they, with this announcement, uh, two manufacturers, one from uh, HP and another one from uh, Asus, um, have announced actual devices coming out early next year. Uh, one is a Surface-like device, the HP Envy X2. It pretty much looks like a Surface clone. <laughs> um, it, it really does. Yeah. Um, that offers an ARM uh, chip within it. Um, they haven't set any specific specs, uh, but uh, it looks like it's a, well, actually they have. So it look, it's a 12.3 inch screen, uh, 1920 by 1280, eight gigs of RAM, 256 of storage. They haven't talked about pricing. That's what they haven't talked about uh, for right. the HP Envy. Uh, so fairly nice specs, really nice specs. Um, I'm, I'm just very curious of what that 835, what can it actually do? Because uh, I know that the new Galaxy S8, which I owned for a while, and now the Pixel 2, that the one you have, is running that same chip, and you can run yeah. full-on Windows with it. Um, um, just to go back on that price thing, though, the earlier in the article, it looks like the, the expected range, even though they haven't announced mm-hmm. exact prices, they were yeah. saying it's going to be 600 to $800. Which is so it's, really competitive. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah it's competitive. And um, it's... Important to note, uh, uh, you could have just mentioned this, and I might have just been uh, like in a blur at that moment. But they have um, a touchscreen, Windows Hello, pen mm-hmm. input, um, and they come with Windows 10s. But you can yeah. fully upgrade them to Windows 10. Yeah, so, I mean they, they're really trying to push nice. Windows 10s, but uh, I don't know if you want. It's <laughs> nice that they give you the option if you want full-on Windows, you can just press a button, upgrade for free. They don't make you charge, which is nice. Yeah. We got to get the information on this uh, Qualcomm conference and see if it's possible for us to at least get the information that was released from that, the press releases that uh-huh. come from that, or yeah. something to see if uh, there's anything that we should be following up on with this. Yeah, because that could be there could be some cool stuff coming out from from Qualcomm for sure. In the they're they're huge they're huge right now. Uh, they they're yeah. powering a lot of devices out there, and they just got. A foothold in terms of windows and i think these will be very popular especially with for that price right people are going to look, look like oh i can have a nice windows 10 laptop for 600 dollars that's going to run everything that i need to um maybe they're going towards competing with um chromebooks because i know a lot of chromebooks do uh, arm processors you um, see that's where i think i'm not too sure about because with the kind of power that these ARM chips are capable of, um, if I was Intel, I'd be worried, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't think they're going to target Chromebooks. I think they're going to skip right over Chromebooks and go straight for Intel and like Ultrabooks and see mm-hmm. if they can take them out of the market. Yeah. Because if you can have this ARM powered computer that comes in, being able to run Photoshop under $800 and runs full Windows 10, 
And not to mention it has always on LTE connectivity and it works as easily as your smartphone. I think that this is going to be a huge competitor to Ultrabooks. For sure. So Intel has definitely things to worry about um, because they can't compete on that power efficiency yet. I know there are slow. And we've reported on Intel's inability to innovate before. So like they come out with a new CPU and it's what, like marginally better, like 10% at the most. And then these, these guys are like, Oh yeah, new ARM CPU. It's 30% better efficiency. You can actually record 4k HDR 60 FPS on these chips. Like it's (laughs) these new ARM chips are going to are innovating at a rate faster than anything Intel is capable of currently. Qualcomm is boasting battery life up to 25 hours. Okay, that's Qualcomm saying that. So I'm very curious on the actual (laughs) performance. Take a quality. Yeah. Yeah. Take it (laughs) with a grain of salt that the own manufacturer kind of boasting. uh, I always divide that by half for the usage. But still, if you divide that by half, that's still significantly more than a lot of Windows laptop at that price price range offer currently today. And I would believe it, too, because ARM chips are incredibly power efficient. Yeah. I mean, they're designed to run smartphones, which have arguably just as much, if not more, going on under the hood than mm-hmm. some of this stuff. But yeah. we got to see if it can handle Windows at its most beautiful and its most ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ARM has never seen something as powerful and as as inefficient as windows <laughs> yeah so we should be seeing a lot more of these devices during uh ces uh in january um uh, so currently the only two uh, were shown off at the event one was announced by lenovo as well but wasn't shown off at the event so the lenovo said that they are currently in development of one of these laptops but no we don't we haven't seen where we have, we don't know the specs yet but we should see more uh during ces is what everyone on the manufacturer is saying just stay tuned um, and then just for the 845 processors with the brand new modem, uh, Qualcomm said that they should start arriving. These Windows 10 devices should start arriving with those processors uh, next year towards probably the end of uh, next year. Um, yeah. Also, we didn't mention the last one for the 845. I don't I, Maybe I forgot to mention for uh, phones launching with that processor. Uh, it reminded me that since I mentioned 845 that the first phone should be uh, out in the spring of next okay. year with running 845. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm curious of what that device will be. When we mentioned that, um, that also reminded me of a of the GPS processor that we talked about on an earlier show. Mm, the, I think it's yes. the L5. Yeah, I think that'll be releasing even later in the year. So it's looking like fall of 2018 is going to be fantastic. For smartphones, mm. especially with that L5 being accurate up to what twenty centimeters, <laughs> like yeah, or even less than that. Mm. So that's going to be uh, smartphones are going to be amazing in yeah. the next two years. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. now we talked. We talked a little yeah. bit about yeah, uh, Windows and and uh, Qualcomm working nicely together. Let's let's switch gears and talk about two companies who aren't really working nicely together at the moment. <laughs> this uh, is great. It's, oh man, this is like the this is like watching two like middle schoolers like pass angry notes across the classroom uh, who are like act, who are like quote unquote dating. Um, so <laughs> three months ago, you, to to catch everybody up to what yeah. happened, YouTube pulled its programming from Amazon's Echo Show device. Um, the in the first skirmish in what is apparently an ongoing war, according to this Verge article. So shortly after that, Amazon t- took the Nest thermostat, the camera, and the secure alarm system off of their store. And then two weeks ago, Amazon got YouTube back on the show by simply directing users to the web version. And now YouTube caught on to that and was like, nope. <laughs> so this is this is like like really anti-consumer back and forth going on between Amazon and Google yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's annoying. <laughs> it's really petty and it's really annoying in my opinion. So, yeah. A spokesperson from YouTube, uh, give this, um, give this blurb. We've been trying to reach an agreement with Amazon to give consumers access to each other's products and services, but Amazon doesn't carry Google products like Chromecast and Google Home. Doesn't make Prime Video available for Google Cast users. Last month stopped selling some of the Nest's latest products. Given this lack lack of 
Reprocavity, we are no longer supporting YouTube on Echo Show and Fire TV. We hope we can reach an agreement to resolve these issues soon. <laughs> so um, it looks like Amazon's New Year's resolution is going to be to get rid of Google from all of their products. Because <laughs> it's going to be they, starting on they, January 1st. They offer a competitor to pretty much all of them. For Android TV, they have Fire TV. For uh, Nest IQ, the camera, they launched the cameras for their new, uh, where you can let Amazon open your door for um, delivery trucks. They have their own camera now. Uh, They have competing services with um, uh, video streaming. Um, I can see, yeah, the Prime Video competing with YouTube in a way. Um, Chromecast devices with their Fire Sticks, um, yeah, Google Home with their Alexa. So they have, they're, I mean, they're playing in the same fields. Uh, but it would be just better for the consumer overall if they just played nice together. And yes. um, is really childish in a way. Um, it is. Just it's anti consumer. One should just man up and just just do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I would hope that we would see something like this happen, but this is what you get when you get uh, two companies trying to sell their voice assistants uh, in the same boat. And you get this weird fragmented anti-consumer experience where like trying, like for example, trying to explain to somebody who bought a Google home mini, why they can't do anything with any of their Amazon products or anything that isn't a Chromecast (laughs) is really annoying. Yeah. So, like, for example, somebody who wants to buy a Roku and a mm-hmm. Google Home, they can't yeah. throw stuff up on the TV unless they have a Chromecast or mm-hmm. the TV has a Chromecast built in. Yeah. They can't do it with. The- I was asked a- recently for recommendations on tablets, right? For like, mm-hmm. oh, I want a great tablet that uh, at a great price that does all of these things. I was like, OK, you can have an iPad, which is the cost of that is fairly low now that there's some deals during Black Friday that I yeah. sell for 250 um, but the the person I was talking to was looking for around something around 150 to 200. And I was like, OK, you have a couple options. You can get a really cheap Android tablet or a really good Fire tablet. Right. So five, the Fire tablets are selling well. They're great devices and they offer them at significant discounts. You can get a Fire tablet, an eight inch one or seven inch one for $50 from Amazon, which is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um but one of the key things that um, they were looking for is access to YouTube on that tablet. I was like, okay, then the fires TV fire tablets are completely out because you can't watch YouTube on them at all. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you probably go to the website, you open the web browser and I'll go to the website. That's pretty much the only way that you can uh, watch YouTube. So yeah. you, they, it's, yeah, I forget where I was going with that. It's fragmented. Yes, it's fragmented, right? You can't do... Yes, thank you, Matt. (laughs) You have to do this, like, ridiculous dance around these different pieces of tech. Like, oh, you want this? Cool, you have this. But if you get this, you can't do this, 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 this. If you want this, then all this is completely out of your... uh, Mm -hmm. Completely out of your... For the longest time, we both owned the Amazon... Not the Amazon, sorry. uh, The NVIDIA Shield device, right? For the longest time, we didn't have access to Amazon's video service. But now it recently got an update that gave that access. It gave a nice uh, Amazon Prime app directly on the device, which is great. Now I can literally watch almost any service except for Apple on that device. Uh, The NVIDIA Shield is looking more and more like this beautiful compromise between mm -hmm. all the big TV uh, set-top boxes. Yeah. Because it's got the Amazon video baked into it. It's Mm -hmm. got support for third parties you can turn it into a samsung smart things hub it supports 4k hdr with dolby atmos support it has a built-in chromecast for the google homes and it has google assistant and it can game it's it and that's the only one i usually if people want to spend a little bit more money but don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want an apple tv yeah that's the one i go for because they're not going to be disappointed but uh, you that, can't that, do half that with a yeah, that that turned into an ad for the Amazon Shield <laughs> or the Amazon Shield. <laughs> damn it, the Nvidia Shield. Well, I mean, it's a product I use, so it's what I'm familiar yes, with. Yes, so, no, no, but no, I agree. What? It's one of the most rounded pieces of of streaming boxes or uh, sticks. The fires, it's it's better than the Fire Stick, in my opinion. The Roku, 
because um, it offers it might cost a little bit more money, but it's well worth it for people who are looking for that type of device. Stick. Yeah, better yeah. than the Fire Stick. It's <laughs> <laughs> their slogan written on yeah. the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the, I mean, whether it's whether it's me endorsing a product or. And it's not sponsored, by the way. And just as anybody was wondering, <laughs> it's my own—it's my own sponsorship. I—I I love that product, but um, it's just—it's anecdotal. It's something that, like, if if people want to compromise for this crazy network, that's something good to do. And the fact that you have to, like, intimately be aware of everything these products can do before you buy it. Like whenever, whenever somebody asks me, like, "Oh, I want a, a set-top box to watch Netflix," I'm like, "Okay, mm-hmm. what else do you want it to do?" then depending on their answer depends on if I point them towards an Apple TV or a shield or a Roku or a fire stick, whatever. So, I mean, it is what it is. So this is the world we live in. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Amazon and Google can get their act together and play nicely and benefit the consumers uh, overall. Here's hoping. hoping. Yeah. (laughs) So um, with that, I think that brings us to an end. Mm-hmm. So unless you had any closing closing points on uh, Amazon or Google, aside nope. from well wishes towards their friendship. Yep. Just, just. <laughs> okay. Praying. Um, as for that, um, that brings the show episode 31 to an end. You can, you can catch us if you missed the stream, if you were a little late to it, uh, this will be published to Twitch and YouTube. So you can rewatch us and all of our glory for immediately after the show is done. Um, if you wait a little longer, it will be published on, uh, one of our many platforms, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Podbean, all at industry Four O, all spelled out. Um, you can see that in our new beautiful, banner mm-hmm. thank you urban for the redesign yeah i love it it's great um and as for us um if you don't want to watch us live you can catch us on any of your favorite podcasting apps we're available on google play itunes podbean um we're available on Pocket Cast, stitcher probably any uh podcasting platform you can possibly imagine that picks up an rss feed so with that being said um This is episode 31, and we will see you guys in the next one.